I don't think you give yourself enough credit for who you are. And instead of trying to be a what, why don't you just focus more <laughs> on being the who? Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, a podcast where you get to listen in on some of my most interesting and personal conversations. I'm Sarah Samuel, and today we're talking about work. As I've been piecing apart my shame and embarrassment and feelings of failure about my work choices, I thought it would be a good idea to talk to my parents. I wanted to know their relationships with work and career and success and to find out what their expectations and hopes were for me growing up and what they thought of my life now. I spoke to my mom, Nancy Grossman, first. Okay, so yeah, so I'll just recap because I know I already told you, but um, so I've been working on these work episodes and trying to kind of like piece apart my relationship with work because I feel like it's been like a very like complicated one with like many emotions and I there's so many factors to it but like I think a lot of expectations that I like maybe had for myself or just the way that I thought um life would like go for me if that makes sense um and then, like, being like, oh, I'm not doing that at all. <laughs> so I guess, like, part of me just wanted to be like, okay, well, if I, maybe I should start, you know, because I've just been trying to figure out what place to start from. And, you know, do I start from from finishing college or do, do I start before that or do I start, you know, I don't know, like, where does my story with work start? And well, so <laughs> then I thought I might as well start with you. Well, (laughs) (laughs) so, all right, I've lived for years with the guilt of not making you work during college. Oh, Um, during college? During high school, sorry, during, or college, but high school, it's like you were in the IB program, you had a lot of homework, and I, and I didn't want to lay the trip of, you should also work. Plus, my father, basically, when I wanted to work, said, you're going to have your whole life to work, don't you know, don't tie yourself down, enjoy your life now while you can. And I feel in a lot of ways, I've been following in his footsteps with you. And but more times than I can tell you, I've sat with these thoughts of, oh, would Sarah have been happier if I'd said, you know, go work at Baskin Robbins, or go get a job (laughs) at Ralph's or go do something for, you know, 10 hours a week. Did you ever want to work when you were young? So yeah, I was trying to think about this. The only time I remember going to be like, oh, could I work here? I think you took me to Abercrombie and Fitch one time because I wanted to like inquire about working. And I think they said like, oh, you can work here when you're like 18 or something. Like there was like some age limit. I think it's 16. So whatever it was, I wasn't that age yet. So I didn't, uh, couldn't work. But that's the only place that I remember thinking like, oh, I would love to work here because I like loved Abercrombie and Fitch, you know? But obviously I was like pretty young and yeah, I mean, other than that, I kind of remember like my memory of it is that you kind of encouraged me not to work. And it makes sense now that you told that story about grandpa. Like, I feel like you probably told me that. And, and I was thinking about this cause I was thinking, should I have worked in high school? Like, you know, I think all of my friends did. I think one of my friends worked in 
as a lifeguard during the summer. My other friend worked like at a Mervyn's or something. Like I had friends that like worked at different places. Yeah, and for some reason I just like never thought to get a job, but also like I was thinking recently as I was, you know, kind of just mulling all of this over, like would I have even had time? Like I, I would go to school all day and then I would do week homework all night, <laughs> you know? Like I, I don't remember having a ton of free time you know, with I don't think you and did. And, and Especially plus, once I was in AP and IB, like junior and senior year. Well, and plus your dad and I were divorced. And so you, he was living in LA. We were in Orange County. Oh, right. And then you, so your weekends, half of your weekends anyway, were right. taken up going into LA. So it you wouldn't know. really have made sense, I think, for me to get a job. Unless I worked every other weekend. I mean, I don't, or during the, the summer. I guess I could have worked during the summer. Although, no, well... You went to camp. Oh, yeah, I went to camp. And I did work. You, I that's forgot. Cool. You were a counselor at Super Camp. I did have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a counselor at Super Camp that one year. But that... Uh, two years. No, one year. One year. You were a leader, I think, one year. And you were you were yeah. in camp, but was, a leader one year. And then you actually worked the other year. I worked. But I think the year that I worked was at, while I was in college. Maybe. Or it might have been the summer right before college. I can't really remember. But, um, yeah, so I guess that was my first job as a camp counselor. And I think my dad, too. Like, obviously, my dad really values work. And I haven't really talked to him about, like, this in depth. But I'm pretty sure he also was really encouraging me to just do well in school the most. I think that was kind of, like, told... That was told to me as the most important thing that I should be doing, school. Yeah. Well, good getting a good education and then getting into a good college, which you did. But then and what was I supposed to do? I will <laughs> get another job. It's like, you know, just, but that was, it was it's, you, you never, my recollection, yeah. I, and it could be completely false, but my recollection is that you were never inspired to get regular work. You always had this creative bent to do something like you did. Remember, you worked with um, the artist who we did classes with. Yeah, but and, she that was after college. Right. Well, I'm talking oh. about you said after college. What was I supposed to do? Oh, well, I just meant like <laughs> I put all this work into school and it didn't really like lead me to any type of success. I think that's like also what's been really frustrating and difficult for me is like I felt like I was doing everything I was supposed to do like I just imagined like I never really knew what career I wanted other than like I wanted to be a hairdresser at some point but I wasn't pursuing that I didn't go to school to be a hairdresser you don't go to college and come out a hairdresser <laughs> you know what I mean you have to go to like a special school for it um and I was never I don't know, like it always just seemed my path to just go to a regular college and kind of like pursue that. So did, did you ever have a dream though about what you would do for work? Like did now? You ever... Oh, then? Then or now. <laughs> ever? <laughs> um, yeah, like that's what I'm saying is I, I didn't really know. Like when I went into college, I wanted to be like in advertising, but then like immediately once I took media classes, I was like, this is a soulless industry. <laughs> I, I can't care about it you know 
I think then I started getting really like moral about everything. And then I started to just be like, well, if I'm going to work, I want to be contributing something good, but I also want to be doing something that I like. And then I just couldn't really like figure out how the Venn diagram of those two things, <laughs> sort of like, where do they, I don't know. I just was like, once I didn't want to do advertising, I didn't really have any other ideas. I didn't really think about what I was going to do after college while I was in college. I just thought about what I was doing then yeah. and graduating. Well, and, and, you know, you've been really fortunate. You haven't actually had to have a, a full-time job that, yeah. you know, in order to have money. And I love that you're getting to pursue your artistic desires. I think that's awesome. And yeah. I have no pr problems. Here's the problem. It's like, I don't have any problems with what you choose to do. My problems come when I, when people say, well, what's Sarah doing? And, I know, I and well, how's she earning money? And I'm like, you know... It's, it's hard for me because so many of my friends' kids are like executives here and they're working for Apple and they're doing this and they're going to do that. And, you know, even the one who went to jail, when he gets out, he's got a great job. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, what about my daughter I who I love more than life itself? And it's like, and so, but that's for, that's my problem. It's not yours. Yeah, it's like. But I have the same <clears throat> thing. But people just are asking me and I'm going, ah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer you. Well, how do you want to answer them? If you could be completely honest and know that they weren't going to judge you, what would you say? I would just say, you know, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just wish I, I don't really want to talk about work, I guess. It's not my favorite topic to talk about. So I just I guess ideally just no one would ask me. Because I don't really know. And it's like I've done so many things and I do multiple things usually at a time. So it's always like, which thing do I say? But why not just say, oh, I, I create podcasts and interview people and just and just build the energy around all that. Yeah. I mean, I sort of am now, but. Um, what's, what's the hesitation? Because I'm not getting paid to do it. It feels like inherent in the question, like, what do you do? It's like, what do you get paid to do? Now, who put that there, though? Who's, I, don't, I don't know. You know, whose concept is that? I mean, Well, I don't know. That's why I'm talking to you. Is it yours? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're welcome you to give blame this to me, me if you want. <laughs> but, but I just, I, I guess, I guess more, I'm not trying to use this as like a way for me to like figure out what I want to do with my life. Because obviously I've thought about that for many years in depth over and over and over constantly and I still don't really have an answer <laughs> um so I don't really see that conversation going anywhere but I guess more what I'm like curious about is like what it has been your relationship to work and you know because interestingly so I think I always had an idea for myself that I would have a work situation that was similar to my dad's where I would like own a business or but I didn't obviously know what that business <laughs> was going to be but I would own a business or I would have some kind of career that was like my whole world and my life and it would be like the thing that would kind of like define me because I kind of feel like that's like how my dad's career is for him and I'll, obviously I'll talk to him and see what he has to say about that but then I think in practice in practicality and the way that things have turned out, I'm actually a lot more like you in my work 
habits, which is I kind of like go from thing to thing and I like do more things that are like kind of volunteer, like unpaid things or, and I kind of like follow whatever thing I'm like interested in at the time. Um, and, and I think, so obviously you're more <laughs> like that. Um, my dad isn't really like that at all. <laughs> but I think having expectations of myself that I would be one way and then being like a completely different way, I think maybe that's sort of at least part of like the root of why it's so hard for me. Cause I'm just like not doing things right. Not that I think that like you're doing things wrong, but I guess I just had this picture of like the perfect ideal career situation. So I want to hear like about your relationship with work and your kind of history with it. I, and you've done so many like cool jobs too. Well, I, And how yeah. do you like relate to all of that? I, you know, I, I did work a little bit in actually factory settings in Palo Alto and in, uh, in microchips. School? Yeah. But, um, or maybe it was during college. I don't remember. Mostly I think it might've been like my senior summer or something. I worked okay. for, I think one of the, one of the uh, tech companies in the Silicon Valley way before Apple and all of those. And I just helped, you know, basically solder bits and pieces onto motherboards. And it's like, and I worked with all these other people, many of whom didn't even speak English. And it was really, but it was, I, I did something and I got a paycheck for it and that made yeah. me feel good. In college, I actually, I, I didn't get paid for it, but I was a DJ and mm -hmm. I also worked in a record store that I got paid for. Um, I never really felt, um, I, what I really wanted to do is act. I mean, that was the thing I wanted to do more than anything else. And I really thought that I'm going to be an actress someday. And then I wound up working in the film industry um, and, and as, as an assistant and, and it was, it was crazy. It was a crazy making company. It was a crazy making company where the head, head, very famous person would yell <laughs> at my friend who was a college roommate, make her, and, and she would yell at me and then I'd cry because that's where it stopped. <laughs> and so finally I wound up actually getting let go from that job because I told the truth. And somebody asked a question about who had written something and I told them and that was apparently not the right answer. So uh -huh. I had the choice of I could stay and deal with the repercussions or I could leave, which was what the person who was my college roommate kind of thought maybe I should do. So I did. And and it was really it was really hard when I left that job. I had to it took two weeks for me to recover because I had been under such stress. Yeah. It was oh, it's yeah. a very hurry up and wait kind of a situation. Right. But I'd worked for a different a couple of different film firms doing a couple of different things. And it, I loved it. I loved that interesting industry. I loved the the quickness of it, the always busy, you know, creativity, working with creative people. It was just really fun, but I never, it's like as soon as I realized how actors were treated, which I realized because I was in some of the casting meetings, mm -hmm. I just went, I, I don't want to put myself in that situation. Mm -hmm. So I never did it. Um, in between, before all that, I, I did a lot of temporary work. I, I worked for USA Petroleum through a temp agency and or got it and then got hired by the company. I worked for Hewlett Packard and did stuff for them. I just, I had a lot of temporary jobs where I would do different things. And I enjoyed, I liked, I liked not being tied down to anything. 
did you feel like you should be or like were you totally fine were you like yeah what I'm doing is just what I'm doing and it's fine well, and you also have to remember when I was, you know, when I was doing all of this, I mean, I could have an apartment for $125 a month and right. food wasn't nearly as expensive. And it was and I could have a car and car payments and all that that weren't outrageous. Mm-hmm. And so it's much harder for you guys today because everything it's so hard. I mean, just to have enough money to pay for, you know, uh, an apartment and yeah. and utilities and everything else that goes with that it's it almost puts anything other than trying to find a job where you can make the most amount of money out of reach and so I am glad that I was born when I was born (laughs) and had the stuff that I had but one of the things that happened for me and this was an old pattern that I'm still like working through the issues with it is that um, I met a guy I got married And I worked in his business because Mm -hmm. I always felt more comfortable being somebody's assistant. Like I can help you do this or do that rather than putting myself out there, like to be an actress or to, or to be the head of something. And then when we split up, I stopped and then I didn't really have another job until the um, principal of your middle school said, go back and get a teaching credential. And I went, (laughs) Oh, I'm not a teacher. And he said, yes, you are. I'm paid to know this. And I taught for, I didn't teach for a lot of years, but I mean, I had some great subbing experiences. And then I, when I taught, I, I never felt secure in it. It was the hardest thing I'd ever done. It's like, because I felt I was going into teaching in my late forties, early fifties. And all the people that I admired had been doing it for 30 years or 20 years. And I expected to be able to jump in and be as good as they were. And that was a fool's errand. And um, so it was really hard though. I loved it. And I loved creating uh, lesson plans yeah. and the, my mentor in, in the middle school, she and I'd sit and we'd create lesson plans and some of them were really awesome, really fun and had a good time with that. But then, you know, when my father, your grandfather got sick, I, you know, backed out of that. And then since then, pretty much I've been retired doing a lot of volunteer work for hospice and for the public, public library, friends of the library mm-hmm. system. And and so I've I've haven't felt in my life that I really, I've worked a lot, I've gotten a lot of paychecks, but I I don't know that I could ever say that I felt really fulfilled until I found Psyche, which is, (laughs) it's probably what I wish I'd found in the 80s, and then I could have done that for my whole life, which is, you know, it's, there's something incredibly fulfilling, basically, you know, Psyche is the, um, is a process for changing beliefs. And so when we have crazy beliefs that tell us we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not capable enough, blah, blah, blah. If those beliefs can be shifted, then pursuing those things is easier because you don't have those inner things telling you you can't. I've experienced some pretty amazing things with it for myself and for other people. And and there are deeper levels that I want to go with it. But it's like, I, I, here I am at 66 years old and I finally found <laughs> something that makes me want to get up in the morning yeah. and do and, and meet people and help them and, and work with them. Did you not really feel that way with the other jobs that you had? No. I mean, I, it's like, I think if I had felt, if I could have felt more personally secure inside of myself with the teaching yeah. that, because I loved working with the kids. I yeah. mean, they, it was so much... There, there was almost nothing more fulfilling up to that point um, than working with a group of kids 
who I saw got excited about a concept or a belief or a story or, you know, it's like I loved fighting with the head of the English department who said we should get Harry Potter books out of the schools when I'm like saying, excuse me, these books are powerful and important. And J.K. Rowling's smart and she teaches so much history through those books. Then Nicholas Flamel was real. You know, they're, you know, Voldemort's made up of Vol, which is free will, Mort, which is death. So she, she's taken Greek and Latin roots and put them into words that build, build a vision. Mm -hmm. And there's so much in those books that I found really powerful. And the stories themselves are compelling and the characters are wonderful. And I mean, some of my favorite memories with you is when, when you were like 10 and we were reading those books and we would stop reading and get really excited to discuss something. So the whole teaching thing was really great for me. Yeah. And I think that in some ways doing the psyche, working with people and helping them revise their beliefs sort of it's that I get to work one-on-one -on -one with people and I, you know so I'm finally sort of discovering what I want and I and what I enjoy and that's the most important thing it's like my only wish for you ever 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 was do something that makes you happy do something that when you get up in the morning you're going yahoo I get to do this and that's what I really more than and oh Sarah no, now has okay. her hands over her eyes and <laughs> is okay. sighing deeply. No, keep going. But, but that's all I really wanted was for you to find something that sang it to your heart, that yeah. made you say, yeah, that's what I love. That's what I want to do. That's who I want to be. I feel like in some way, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I just don't feel like I really, like, have that. And I, in some ways, like, I just keep thinking, like, I'm, like, I can't stop thinking of myself as, like, a failure, you know? Like, I just, it's, like, that's all you wanted from me, and that's, like, such a beautiful, like, thing for a parent to give a child and just to be, like, I just want you to be happy, like, follow whatever, you know? Because a lot of people have parents who are, have really strong expectations for them and want them to do, like, a certain thing or, you know, these kids have, like, a certain passion and the parents, you know, for whatever reason probably a lot of it is fear you know being like oh you can't don't follow that like you'll never make money doing that or that's not a noble enough profession or or whatever it is and I just feel like I had so much like freedom in some way and it just like I don't know like I feel in some way like well in some ways it's like I feel pressure like Find the thing that you love. Find the thing that makes you happy. And I just, like, haven't really ever, like, had something like that. Not that there aren't, you know, certain things that do make me happy, but it's not like I was like, I want to be a filmmaker and that's all I want and I know that. Or I want to be a musician or um, even a hairdresser or, like, whatever it is, you know. And I feel like in some ways it's like I had that freedom from you. And then... I feel like I had this, like, idea of success, too, that was, like, well, I can't, I don't totally feel comfortable just doing whatever makes me happy, right? Because, like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't feel like I, in my own mind, that I, like, truly have, like, freedom to do whatever I want to do. Like, it feels like I have freedom to do whatever I want as long as it kind of, like, fits in a certain box. I'm not saying that came from me. Like, I think it comes from, like, a lot of things. But I don't know. 
I guess, like, it's just making me realize, like, maybe I have felt pressure to, like, have something that makes me happy that is job-related. And I think that's, like, part of it, too, is, like, it took me a long time to be, like, maybe I don't even, like, want a career. (laughs) You know, like, is that even a thing? Can someone not really, like, care about having a career? I think so. (laughs) Like, I care so much more, obviously, about, like, relationships and stuff, but, um, like, I remember I went to, like, see a spiritual counselor once, and he was like, oh, you, like, want to be a mom, like, get married and be a mom, and I was just, like, so taken aback, (laughs) like, I was just like, no one wants that, not that they, like, don't want it, but, like, that's a secondary thing, you know, it's the career is the main thing, and then, you know, you just get married and have kids the way that whatever that's just like something that kind of happens on the side (laughs) or whatever but to think that someone could like have that as a goal or like just kind of like rocked my world I was just like is that a thing (laughs) and then like more and more I'm just like yeah maybe I care about relationships more than work well and can, but can, is that okay? You know what I mean? It's like, like of course it's, and you know, it's like, <laughs> stop second guessing yourself. Whatever you, it, it's know. like, I love looking at the art you have on your wall because it's stuff from your friends. Yeah. And it's, and it, it's meaningful to you. It's not random art that you bought at a store that you think it's a pretty picture. Yeah. It's all meaningful stuff. I've noticed that it's like, and in your bedroom at home, it's like things that were created by friends yeah. and, or things that you created. And, and I think that in terms of relationship, you know, I remember once when I had had, I was part of the University of Santa Monica, the consciousness, health and healing class, and I'd had a really rough meeting with my friends and you came in yeah. after being wherever you were. And I Probably introduced- drinking and smoking and partying. <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> well, when you came in, it didn't smell like no, that. I'm so I, 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 I definitely wasn't. <laughs> but so I just and I, you know, it was it was I could be really open and say, hey, I had this really hard meeting and there was this crazy game called the transformation game that we played. You said, oh, can we play it? It's like really late at night already. <laughs> but it's just you asked me the best questions ever. And I was just astounded time after time after time about the things you asked me. Because what what it said to me is, oh, my God, she's really listening to me. She's really hearing what I'm saying. And she's curious and wondering about where some of this stuff is coming from and what's going on with it. So I, you know, having had that experience, and I asked you, I said, because you were taking the the USM class at the same time, and I said, when you're the facilitator, does your the person who's in the role of the client and the neutral observer, do they tell you you're an amazing facilitator? And you blushed red and looked down, and you went, well, sometimes. And I went, it's because you are. So you're. It, my experience of you is multifold. One, you are amazing with people, and and you do bring out good things in people and you do listen well and you do create a safety and the other thing that you've never acknowledged is you're a friggin great actress when i <laughs> you are i've seen you in plays over the years and especially the most recent one when you did the spicer studio stuff and you guys did the showcase and i know okay, it was only one recent. time that was like 10 years ago i know but still <laughs> it was like 12 years ago but sarah it's like when you 
portrayed the character. It's like, I so got to see everything you were going through in your heart and your mind. And, you know, it's like, and I'm not saying go there. I'm not saying yeah. that's what you should do. I'm just saying, I don't think you give yourself enough credit for who you are. And instead of trying to be a what, why don't you just focus more <laughs> on being the who? <laughs> All right, I know. No, that was like, yeah. No, that's like, I think that is like a key thing that I've like tied together that I'm like trying to separate like who, who I am with what I do and realize like trying to be like those two things. I just always thought that they were just completely tied, you know, they, like they, there would be no way to separate them. Like they were like one and the same, you know, and I just have had to kind of like piece that apart somehow but it's for some reason like so hard I'm just so attached to this idea of like my identity as my job I just like haven't even had a job like long enough to like get my identity you know what I mean and I think part of it is like I don't value a lot of the things that I, I do you know or can especially you talk if I'm more not, about that? I mean, especially if I'm not getting paid for something, it's, like, hard for me to, like, feel like it's valid as, like, something that I'm doing. You know, like, inter- interning for, like, Absolute Wars podcast. That was, like, you know, it was a lot of work and, like, a lot of time. But I think because I, like, didn't get paid, it was hard for me to be, like, I'm a podcast helper editor or whatever you know I don't like there's something that what that money brings make it feels more valid to other people or something I don't know yeah well listen to what you just said more valid to other people I mean obviously like there's part of me it's just I'm assuming that it is it feels like if I'm not getting paid it's a hobby it's like not really that important or something well I know that I'm a lot older than you (laughs) but I think some of the most valuable work I do is my hospice volunteering and my library volunteering where I you know I actually work with people who are in the process of dying and I work with the office to make sure that we're being compliant um, with Medicare who pays for it Mm -hmm. and I and those things I'm not getting paid for them. Do people like if someone asks you what you do, would you say like, "Oh, I'm a hospice volunteer." Yeah, and and people are freaked. They're like, "How could you do that? I could never do that." And I'm like, "They're not like, but what? But you're older too, like, so right?" I feel so like people I'm, aren't like as concerned about where your money's. Yeah, it's from. like I get I get to say I'm retired because <laughs> you know I'm I'm old enough yeah. to be retired. But so so say you're retired. <laughs> I'm going to draw lines on my face. (laughs) People think I'm old. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, really? I don't, it's like been like this crazy, yeah, it's such a crazy thing for me. Just like all this work stuff is so crazy. Like, I'm just like, wow, I can't, I cannot believe how much. Like, how many emotions are tied up in it and how much, like, expectations yeah. and, like, different things that are just, you like... Know. I'm, like, other people just <laughs> go to work and, like, come home. <laughs> They're totally fine. <laughs> well, but a lot of those people couldn't care less about their jobs. And yeah. a lot of people do tie their self-worth with what, yeah. they're, with what they're earning or with right. what they're doing. And it's not... And I, I will say, like, 
that's not really what it's about for me. It's not the amount that I would earn or the amount that I'm earning or like my title or something like that. I tend to like not really think of things in hierarchies in that way, I guess. It's more like I want to be It's more like I'm just incapable of like doing a job for like any long period of time, which is why I've just had these like kind of part-time or temporary jobs. Like if it's not fulfilling to me, like it's really, really hard for me. But, and especially since I like haven't, I mostly haven't need money and most of the times that I have had like more of those jobs, I did need money. Um, so obviously like the money that you get from something when you need it is like amazing, <laughs> but, but not really needing it. It's really like, yeah, it's hard for me. And I, for me to like commit to something that I feel like I either like won't be good at or isn't going to be like fulfilling to me or like, I don't believe in like the company or the mission. Like there's just like all these things. And I, I kind of like get hard on myself. Cause I'm like, okay, just like, you don't need everything to be perfect. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I, but it's hard when I don't have another motivator. But maybe the only important motivator is the one that comes from inside that tells you, this is a valuable use of my time. Yeah. This is, it's valuable and it's fun and it makes me feel happy. But not working a lot hasn't made me happy, obviously. Because I'm well, but it's, yeah. Well, <laughs> like it's been like miserable. But in some ways it's been valuable because I've been learning a lot, you know. And I don't think you're alone in this. I think there are probably a lot of people who are feeling similar things about work that you are. Yeah. And, you know, but they're not expressing it. They're just shoving it down. And, you know, yeah. you know like you said, they're going to work, they're getting a paycheck and they hate every minute of it. And, yeah. you know, they're on their phone half the time, you know, checking emails and checking, you know, Instagram because what they're doing is doesn't have their attention. It doesn't have their heart. It doesn't have, and, yeah. and I, maybe they're just aren't, I, I mean, I don't know what the solution to all of this stuff is. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously like also just a bigger problem of like, the economy and like our society and stuff. Yeah, that's why it's like there's so many pieces. The more threads I pull up trying to understand it, the more they're knotted to other threads or, you know, just other things come out. And it's like just feels so huge, the topic. But it's like something so commonplace. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know that there's an answer to the question, yeah. but it's sort of like what if everything was working the way that you hoped and the way that you wanted in your deepest desire, do you have any vision of what that looks like for yourself? I mean, I think that's what's kind of been difficult for me is because I'm trying to like a little bit piece apart what is it that I really want versus what have I been taught to want, you know? Like, for my whole life, I was, like, so career-focused. And it's taken a long time to be, like, do I want a career? You know, like, is that something that I really care about? Obviously, I care about creating and I care about doing creative projects and, like, expressing myself. Like, that's hugely important to me. Um, but outside of that, like, 
you know, I think it's, like, interesting because I've always kind of wanted to work <laughs> in, like, a restaurant or something. And I've always been encouraged by all the adults in my life not to do that. <laughs> Isn't that so crazy? I just think, like, that's so crazy. Why would anyone encourage me not to get a job like that? Well, and actually, I remember you saying that. And I I, th- I thought part of working at Pete's was fulfilling totally, that to some it degree. It totally was, yeah. And I didn't really love Pete's, but, it, you know, it's, like, so corporate. I think that's, like, partly why. Um, but... I don't know. I mean, I liked some parts of it, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, and the parts you liked were? The customers. The customers. (laughs) Connecting with people. people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people who couldn't care less about other people, and they don't want to bother getting to know them, and they don't want to bother listening to their stories or hearing their complaints or... You know, even hearing their good news, they're just like, they don't want to be bothered with other people, and that's not you. I also just wanted to ask, I guess, more from, like, again, from your perspective and your life of, like, did you have expectations for yourself about career? Like, did you think about, like, when you were growing up and kind of, like, in your earlier adulthood? I always wanted to be an actress. That was all I ever wanted to do. So so the fact that it didn't happen... And I did wind up in the industry for a short period of time. But I still to this day feel like I haven't done that one thing. And I have a friend who I I play Pokemon Go with and who I walk (laughs) with who's been telling me now for like three months, you need to get some headshots. I mean, she just, it's like she, out of the blue, it's like, you need to get headshots, headshots, headshots. I'm like, and my friend Katrina, who stays with me a bunch, she said, oh, I've got this great guy. He does the best headshots. I'm like, you know, it's like. But there's part of me that goes, you're 66, you can't start acting now. And, you know, so I have a lot of judgments yeah. about it's too late to do that or it's too late to do this or... Did you feel like that when you were younger too? Were you like, it's too late to start? Like, did you think those things when you were younger too? I just didn't know how I was going to go about doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really funny because I did have a dream of having a SAG card for my almost my whole life. And I have one. I didn't get it through acting, but I got it. You snuck your way in. I snuck my way in. I did. I snuck my way in and I have my SAT card. And I renew it every year and I love that I have it and I haven't used it. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it is time for me to take that road. Yeah. But then, so, but you said once you kind of saw how actors were treated, that's when you like... We're like, oh, maybe I don't want to do this. Yeah, because I have a really thin skin. And, you know, it's like I, yeah. I, you know, so I'm, that, yeah, but I'm that, getting thicker. But Did that leave you kind of just being like, okay, well, now I don't know what I want. Because, you know, I, I feel like that's kind of how I felt. Like I was like, okay, well, I kind well, of want this. I kind of want to go into advertising. That's my only idea. And then I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, I don't think I'm going to like this. Even though I, I think, I still think that I would enjoy writing like advertising copy and things like that which is like really what I wanted to do but I I didn't really understand the different roles I mean I still don't the different jobs in creating an advertisement but I think I would still like enjoy that but I think I was starting to realize like oh I need to be in an industry that I really care about that I think is like contributing something positive not that advertising never contributes something positive but uh it's a little manipulative and consumer driven because that's obviously what it's for yeah 
Yeah. Now, I, so I think that, you know, once I stopped wanting to actually be an actor, and then I worked actually in the industry a couple of times working with different yeah. directors, et cetera, et cetera, and did really pretty well. I mean, I had a, a pretty amazing production manager tell me, you know, it's like, go back, finish your degree, get in touch with me. You would be a phenomenal assistant director. The assistant director actually organizes the shoot. Like, what are they going to shoot on what days? Who do they need? Blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And I, I never did it, you know? So I don't know why I didn't take that opportunity when I had somebody who was really on my side. Yeah. And then I think what I did is I jumped into the relationship with your dad because it was safe. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Now I have... I have a I'll have a husband who has a who has a an independent business. I can work with the business. I can help him out. I can be supportive there, and then I can take a breath because I don't have to run my own life. Yeah. Am I happy I did that? I'm happy I got you. Well, if you think about it, I mean, you had a lot of time. I think with my dad owning his own business and you working for that business, you had a lot of time. For me, as a kid, when I was a kid. And I think you, obviously, you're a super creative person. And I think in your talking about your lesson plans and stuff, it's like you really (laughs) took that creativity to the max. Like you weren't just like, okay, let's just talk about like this book you like created so much for and you put so much effort into. I think you like really loved doing that. And I gave you some really wonderful birthday parties. (laughs) Yeah. And like for me, you, yeah, you threw me like really fun birthday parties. You... We always were, like, making, like, bookmarks or make, like, we just always were doing crafting. And, like, even through, you know, late elementary school, we were doing that. Um, So, obviously, you, you got a lot of, you got a lot out of that. It gave you a creative outlet, which I think is, like, important for you. And then I think I did do a, I did do a little bit of acting with Alicia's Theater, oh, where, yeah. you know, we were in, we you were in Oompa Loompa, and mm-hmm. I was Violet Beauregard's mother, and, mm-hmm. you know, that play, and so it was, you know, so I did get some of that creative outlet, yeah. and, I, and I just sort of wonder, I, I mean, it's silly to actually wonder what if, but I guess the what if I could do it right now would be, what if I got my headshots? And what if I just put myself out, I've got the SAG card, you know, what if I put myself out there to see if I could get a little bit part here, bit part there, even background work, whatever, just to use that thing that I already have. I feel like even if you used it once, you would be like so happy. I think you're right. I think I probably would. I think it would it would be like, okay, I did that. Yeah. Wipe the hands, I'm done. And maybe, maybe, not, maybe not done. Yeah. But but at least feeling like you know, I didn't let that dream die with me. Yeah. Yeah. So not that I'm dying, right? Away, <laughs> I'm not dying. <laughs> um yeah, I know, yeah, because it's still something that kind of like nags at you. It, it does. Like sags at you. I'm <laughs> 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 yeah so yeah you know I, I I still I look I look at you and I look at your that these these are really important and and meaningful issues and things you're talking about and and frankly I am really clueless as to um it's not my job to make it better but even to give you guidance on how you can um 
go to your next step. I mean, I, I not totally because I, it's like I'm a psyche junkie and maybe we could do some balances <laughs> and change some beliefs about, you know, the things you're holding is true and self-evident. Yeah. Maybe they're not so much and maybe that process can assist with that. Yeah. So I'm, that you can then be freer to do or just... Because I think that once you got rid of those nagging beliefs that, and you could just live in the moment with the stuff you love. I know. I think can you imagine how peaceful. happy I would be if I just like didn't have like mean voices in my head <laughs> <laughs> constantly berating me? <laughs> yes, those mean voices—they don't deserve the, the the real estate inside your brain. Really, they do not. Oh, but I give them so much time. Give, give them, give them a a ten day notice. You're gone. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say thirty days, but why wait that long? Give them a ten minute <laughs> notice. You're gone. Out of here. I do. I am hoping that these like episodes on work kind of help me a little bit and help me feel compassionate for myself because I feel like a lot of the work stuff because I feel so much shame around it. I don't share it very much. It's something that I really. I hide a lot of it and then I just try to figure out what can I present to people that is going to make them feel okay and also be mildly accurate <laughs> to who I am and what I'm doing and just not talk about it further, you know. After listening back to this conversation, I'm struck by how significantly I've reduced myself to my work as if it's the single most important thing in my life, which for a long time I thought that it was. I'm not sure where I got this idea or if it's common to most people, but I know that it's been nearly impossible for me to feel fulfilled in my life without a career to attach my identity to. As my mom points out, I've completely disregarded other aspects of who I am, making what I do the only thing that matters. The more I explore this perception, the sillier it seems, the more I can separate from it. I can start to see the value in other things about myself and my life, the friendships that I have and my creative endeavors, regardless of where they end up. These things always mattered to me, but they always felt secondary or they always felt not as important or they seemed valuable only to me, whereas work seemed like the most valuable thing because it potentially is valuable to more people. I'm hoping to finally get enough space from my obsession with work to take full ownership over my life and the rules I choose to live by, the games I choose to play in life and the choices that I make, doing so from a practical assessment of what I need, want and value rather than a moral assessment and trying to make up for some inherent goodness in myself that I feel is missing. Next week, I'll talk to my dad, the other half of my nature nurture story. Until then, thanks for listening. And if you like the podcast, please leave me a rating and review wherever you're listening.